Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Here we are for another great Wednesday night, united as we come together to open the Word of God and look at some things that the Lord would have us to see uh, from the Word of God tonight. Uh, Let's go to the book of Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to continue on this that uh, we've been looking at, uh, entitled Led by Peace, and um, that was the title that the Lord gave me uh, when I began this series And uh, of course, if you've been with us throughout these teachings and you've been listening to what uh, the Lord is saying, uh, we're dealing a lot with the the character development of the believer and uh, uh, making uh, different statements about the character of the believer and peace uh, being one of the main evidences of those things operating in our lives. And uh, we've made this statement at uh, the beginning of every message that peace in the life and the home of the believer is one of the greatest evidences of the presence of God in that life. Uh, There are some things that the Lord has spoke to me about concerning 2024, and one of the things that he has said to me, and uh, we're going to have that out for everybody soon, uh, but uh, I'll be dealing with some of it at Faith Explosion But the thing that the Lord has talked to me about is that peace is to be the order of the day for the believer in in 2024. And, um, you know, he made a statement. He said in in 2024, he said there will be, uh, uh, you know, obviously issues that want to rob your peace. And he said, waves may be on one side and waves may be on the other side, but the believer would be in a bubble of peace. And uh, I believe that. Uh, I believe that with all of my heart. Uh, But I also know uh, we have to choose to walk in that now. And uh, peace in the life of a believer is the presence of God in their life. And peace is not the absence of trouble or pressure. It's the presence of God in the trouble. All right? See, this peace is independent of all externals. Right? The peace of God is independent of all externals. Hallelujah. Now, there are things that try to rob our peace. See, I can intentionally allow those external situations external issues to be in my focus and to be in my thoughts and it'll 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 try to rob my peace the lord said something to me he said you cannot expect to think on the same things the world thinks on hallelujah and then not think like the world you just can't and you know in the church, by and large, we're really good at, at watching what we think on uh, where, where uh, you know, things that we consider immoral or wrong 
you know, or sinful are concerned, we can keep our thoughts away from that. But here's the thing. There are things that people think they just need to know. All right? And, and it can be thinking like the world. It'll, it'll cause thinking like the world. Now, I'm not suggesting that you hide your head, stick your head in the sand, but here's what I'm saying. If, if you think on the same negativity that the world thinks on, you're going to think like the world. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to attempt to rob your peace. There's nothing that you need to know at the expense of your peace. If it's going to rob my peace, I don't need to know it. That, that is a key, all right? So this peace is independent of externals, meaning I don't need things going on good around me. I don't need everything to be smooth in order to be at peace. So in Galatians chapter 5, and beginning in verse 22, the apostle Paul wrote, and he said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So we've talked about how these are the fruit of the reborn human spirit. Uh, they begin to grow at salvation. They're a part of our redemption. Uh, each of these fruit anchor us to a different aspect of God's character. And... and uh, they are the character of the Father and the character of Jesus in the life of the believer, all right? So each of these fruit anchor me to a part of the character of God and a part of the character of Christ. And we'll probably mention this later as well, but the Apostle Paul uses the word fruit and not fruits, all right? Because there's a unity there. They all grow together. All right, they, 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 they all complement one another, all right? And uh, they have to be developed corporately, all right, as well as individually, meaning that you may see a need for greater peace in your life, but when you begin to work on developing peace, you're going to develop joy, you're going to develop gentleness, you're going to develop kindness, because all of them complement one another. Uh, you're not going to find anyone that walks in love that doesn't walk in joy and peace. It's, it's just a rea the reality of it. If, if you're walking in love, you're at peace. If you're at peace, you're walking in love. Uh, if you're at peace, you're walking in joy. If you're at peace, you're long-suffering. If you're at peace, you're gentle. If you're at peace, you're temperate, you're kind. They, they all operate as a whole. And th this is so important because that is what the character of God is. All right. Now, let's go to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. And I want you to follow me here tonight. Isaiah 43 and verse 1. It says, but now thus saith the Lord that created you, Jacob, and he that formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you, and through the rivers, they will not overflow you. 
When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, neither will the flame kindle upon you. Now notice, Isaiah starts this off by saying, fear not. Now the only way to not fear is that you have a greater or a stronger force or a greater law in place. If I'm not going to fear, I have to have a stronger or a greater law in place. All right? Now, if there's no fear, the greater law is love because that evicts fear. So if there is no fear, it was put out of doors, and it was put out of doors by a greater law. All right, and that greater law is love because it evicts fear. Now, we do not see the word love here, but we see the attributes of love. We don't see the word love, but we see the attributes of love. Number one, I have redeemed you. So don't fear because I have redeemed you. I have purchased you. I've bought you back. I've bought you out of bondage. All right, so don't fear because I have redeemed you. So, in other words, she's saying, don't fear because you are mine. All right? You belong to me. I've bought you. I've paid for you. Well, this is stated in the Old Testament, but it's stated in the New Testament that we are bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Peter said you were not redeemed by such corruptible things as silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Christ. All right? And so... I have been bought, I have been paid for, I have been redeemed, all right, by the blood of Jesus, and I've been made his. The price for my sin has been paid, the price that ransomed me has been paid. So he says, number one, the reason that you should not fear is I have redeemed you, all right? You've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Number two, I've called you by name. All right, he says, don't fear because I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. In other words, I've given you a name. I've named you. You are part of the family of God. You're part of the household of faith. You're part of the body of Christ. All right, so there's no need to fear because I've called you by name. And then he says, the third thing is you are mine. All right, so I, listen, I've been redeemed. He's called me by name, so that makes me his. All right? If I belong to God, if he has redeemed me, bought and paid for me, uh, uh, called me his, gave me a name, I belong to him. All right? All of these things are attributes that prove love that evicts fear. And then he said, the fourth thing is, I will be with you. All right? Now, notice... He uses different illustrations, but we could say it this way, basically. No matter what you face, I'll be with you. All right? He says here, if you go through the waters, you go through the rivers, they'll not overtake you. You go through the fire, it won't kindle around you. Why? He said, because I am with you. I'll be with you. The rivers will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned. Why? Because I am with you with you, all right? See, with love at work, peace is in place, all right? 
if love is at work, peace is in place. You can see that in your home if you have small children or, or, or just your spouse or even uh, older children. When, when love is operating the way that it should, there's peace in that home. And peace is not just the absence of conflict or the absence of arguments or the absence of disagreement. Although if peace is there, those things will not be there. The peace is that force. Peace is the atmosphere that engulfs you, that overwhelms you, that surrounds you, that evicts those things that are trying to bring uh, 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 differences and those things that are trying to bring uneasiness into your life, all right? When love is at work, peace will be in position, all right? Because they operate together. They operate in unity, all right? And so anytime the Bible says, fear not, it's attached to how much you know God loves you. And when you know how much God loves you, it evicts fear, all right? Because, listen, the mother of all fear is the fear of death or the fear of loss, all right? And when that's conquered, and according to Hebrews 2.14, it has been conquered, he delivered them who all their lifetime was subject to the fear of death, all right? When that's conquered, every other fear is defeated, and it's defeated by the love of God. It evicts it. So Paul states, we have the fruit singular of the Spirit within us. So that means they're all supposed to be working together at all times. All working together at all times. See, where there is no fear, love is. If there's no fear there, that's because love is there. But where love is, joy is. And where joy is, peace is. That's, that's just, that's, that's the reality of it. And in the waters and in the fire, I'm not afraid because the force of love is operating, and in turn, it's operating, it's producing the force of peace. I'm not afraid because I'm walking in love. I'm not afraid because love is there. And if love is there, peace is there. And these fruit will operate to a greater or a lesser degree dependent upon the attention I give them. So they operate to a greater or a lesser degree dependent upon the attention I give them. Oh, hallelujah. That's why they have to be maintained. You have to maintain your walk of love. You have to maintain your walk of joy. All right? You have to maintain your walk of peace, your walk of long-suffering, your walk of kindness. All right? I have to maintain that. There, there's fruit in my reborn human spirit that will help me do that, but I have to choose it. I have to maintain it, all right? I, listen, I don't care what kind of home you have. I don't care what kind of vehicle you have. I don't care if you built a brand new home, bought a brand new vehicle, uh, got a brand new suit, whatever the case may be. If you don't maintain it, it will lose its ability to be a blessing to you. All of these fruit that we talk about, they are designed to put us over 
in every situation. If I don't maintain them, they lose their ability to put me over. They're there, but they're not functioning at the highest level because I'm not choosing them. I've used this illustration a lot. In the midst of any circumstance, you got to turn to the greater law. I've got to turn to the greater law of love, the greater law of joy, the greater law of peace. Amen. When, 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 when you don't feel like there's anything to rejoice or be joyful about, you've got to access the fruit of joy and be joyful because joy is your strength. When it feels as if there's nothing to be at peace about, I have to choose to be at peace. Hallelujah. Because, because peace is a river. All right? Peace is a force. Peace is a warrior. Peace is a guard that keeps me thinking right and keeps me stationary. It keeps me, it keeps me grounded. It keeps me in a position where I cannot be moved. Love energizes my faith. Oh, hallelujah. Love energizes my faith. And I've got to constantly be turning to the fruit of love and turning to the force of love and walking in it by choice. All right? By, by my volitional will, walking in love. And, and walking in love is not just not being offended or not taking offense at something. Walking in love is thinking of the other person first. Walking in love is not paying attention to a suffered wrong. Listen, if you're going to do any of those, you're going to choose to do them. You're going to choose that. And what's the result of that? I'll have energized faith. I'll have strong faith. I'll have faith that's ready to go when I need it. Hallelujah. Very often, somebody will say, well, you know, that person tried to use their faith, and uh, it just wasn't up to the task. You know, they must not have been building their faith or their love because love energizes faith. Hallelujah. You got to watch the love thieves. All right, because that, that robs your faith of power to operate. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. That's where faith comes from. It's contained in the Word of God. But faith is energized by love. Faith is affected by how you walk in any of these fruit of the Spirit because all of the fruit of the Spirit are connected to love. All of them. All right? If I, if I allow my peace to be stolen, I've hindered my faith. If I won't walk in joy, I've hindered my faith. If I won't be long-suffering, I've hindered my faith. If I won't be kind, I've hindered my faith. If I won't be gentle, I've hindered my faith. Because they're all tied to love. And love is woven throughout all of them. Love is the number one character trait of God. Love is the number one character trait of Christ. Love must, therefore, be the number one character trait of God's people. And you would see much more accomplished in a lot of areas if we would just choose to walk in love and choose to make love the order of the day, and then the other fruit 
would be in their place. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see this? And so these fruit operate to a greater or a lesser degree dependent on the attention that I give them. I choose to function in them. Hallelujah. Now, if you want to run back over to Galatians 5 real quick, the Apostle Paul, again, he, he went through the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Now, Paul starts this off with the word but, but the fruit of the Spirit is. Um, he had just outlined the works of the flesh, and then he gets here and he says, but the fruit of the Spirit. That, that word is what's referred to as an adversative, the word but, meaning the fruit of the Spirit are the adversary or the opposite of the works of the flesh. All right, the, the works of the flesh are this, but the fruit of the Spirit are this. Hallelujah. Now, where there is peace, you'll find long-suffering. Without peace, you cannot be long-suffering. Now, that word long-suffering, it, it, it comes from two Greek words. It's a compound word. It comes from two Greek words. And when you put them together, long-suffering pictures the patient restraint of anger or slowness in avenging wrongs. The patient restraint of anger or slowness in avenging wrongs. So it carries the idea of a candle with a very long wick. Now, if you see a candle with a very long wick, it is evident that that candle is prepared to burn for a very long time. It's got a very long wick. It's, it's, it's ready, all right? It's ready to forbear. It's ready to patiently wait until someone finally comes around. Oh, hallelujah. It's, it's ready to wait until someone finally makes progress or makes changes or hears what you're trying to say to them, or gets what you're trying to say to them. Amen. Now, you won't do that without peace. Hallelujah. In Colossians 3.12, the apostle Paul wrote to the church, and notice what he said. He said, put on therefore as the elect of God Holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness. And then notice he says, long-suffering. It's the same word. If Paul says we're to put on long-suffering, we have to choose it. I have to choose to operate in that fruit. Just as I choose what I'm going to wear for the day, 
I have to choose long-suffering. I have to choose to be that way. Oh, hallelujah. I've had to train myself over the years not to be somebody that um, retaliates quickly or responds quickly. Hallelujah. Or try to avenge myself. I won't do that. I'm not just holding myself up as the example. I'm saying I've had to learn to do that because everything in your flesh wants to get your side out there. All right, everything in your flesh wants to set that person right. I tell you what, I'm going to set this straight, right? But listen, when that happens, I've been robbed of my peace. And then it'll get my joy. And now I'm not in love. Hallelujah. If it robs your joy, it's going to get your peace. Do you see this? If I'm not at peace, I've got to look what's going on here. Hallelujah. And, and, and think about this for a moment. Hallelujah. I, I had a situation one time where somebody had, uh, somebody had publicly, publicly in a service said, spoken lies about me to people that I knew. Not, not, not in the back room, in a service, all right? Amen. Now listen, in my flesh, everything wanted to call that person. Everything wanted to call the people that were there and defend myself. And then I thought, nope, I'm not doing it. Number one, what they said was a lie. It was a lie. Now, but think about this. But then the main thing I thought was this. I don't have peace about that. And if I don't have peace about it, I'm led by peace. I've got to be long-suffering. i got to be long-suffering. What does that mean? Patient, restraint of anger, slowness in avenging wrongs. Why? Because I have to be ready to forbear. I have to be ready to patiently wait till somebody changes. That doesn't mean I necessarily agree with what they're doing. All right, it doesn't mean that I, that I act like I agree with what they're doing. But, but it means this, that I'm long-suffering with that person. Uh, what does that mean? I keep walking in love with them. I don't allow my joy to be taken. I don't allow my peace to be taken. Oh, hallelujah. Because what? I want them to make progress. I want them to make changes. I want them to hear what I'm trying to say to them that's going to help them. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If, if we're going to be patient, long-burning, slow in avenging wrongs, we got to choose to walk in that fruit. i got to choose to walk in that fruit. 
I, I, Philip Steele, am long-suffering. And that, that's, that's what your mindset has to be. Hallelujah. I've, listen, I've known people that if, if you disagree with them, they'll let you know in a hot second. And it robs their peace. That person has no peace. Because it's just quick. No, 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 let me tell you. Right? And, you know, we preach about that stuff, and, and we kind of, you know, we get chuckles from the audience. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want all nine fruit working. So this has to be a way of life. Amen. And, and, and it's not, again, it's not just offended. But here's the thing. When you're in that situation and, and you feel like, look, I'm not making any progress. Uh, this person's made me angry or whatever the case may be. You got to pull back from that situation. Let peace take over. Be joyful. Walk in love. You know, sometimes love says nothing. Sometimes love just doesn't respond. Amen. I'm training myself that, you know, people can say hurtful things to you, and I don't have to say anything. Because, you know, sometimes people are responding to you or uh, talking to you out of their hurt out of the challenge that they're facing. I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying that's, that's the reality of it. They're, they're talking to you out of, out of whatever they're going through. And, and maybe you're not in a position to be able to help them, but you, you can be long-suffering and not allow what they're saying to provoke you into losing your peace, to provoke you into losing your joy. Hallelujah. And, that, and listen, that's on your job, that's in your family, that's in the church, what, whatever it may be. That, that's the reality of it. I've had people get frustrated at me because I would not lose my peace. I've had people get frustrated at me because I'm long-suffering. And, and, you know, getting that way more every day, I believe. But, but here, here's the thing. It's not, just a, it's not just a natural character trait. Because, you know, there are people that, that are seemingly just naturally, they're less, they're less prone to being upset about things. Well, that might be a natural character trait, but that natural character trait has its limits. This long-suffering has no limits. Amen. And see, when you're long-suffering, you're not worried about, I'll have people say, well, I don't believe God expects you to be a doormat. When you're truly walking in the fruit of long-suffering, you don't think about that. Because the person that you're dealing with is the focus. The individual you're dealing with is the focus. Amen. Well, they won't listen to me. 
Yeah, but if you're long-suffering, you'll be praying for them. You'll be looking for a way to help them. Oh, hallelujah. So notice, Paul said we have to put this on. Now, long-suffering is possible because of peace. I'm at peace so I can be long-suffering. Yeah, but you should have heard what they said about me. Well, you've got you've to settle a couple things. Number one, and, and we'll, we'll go through it. Number one, was it true? Well, no, pastor, it wasn't true. Then don't worry about it. Be at peace. Yeah, but they're telling other people. That's okay. The Bible says the lying lip will not prosper. Yeah, but they're lying on me. I know, and that bothers you. You understand? And, and your flesh wants to retaliate. But your flesh is not the character of God. When I let the character of God take over, the situation will turn out. Because I'm choosing to be at peace. Right? You might, you might have to sit back and just take a breath. <sighs> Listen, number one, that's a lie. I'm going to be at peace. Well, why would they lie on you? I don't know. I don't know why. But I, I can't speak for them, but I can speak for me. I can speak for me. Amen. And, and then number two, what they said might have been the truth. And it might have been from your past, or it might have been a mistake you made, or whatever the case may be, right? Well, what do you do? You decide, have I repented for that? Have I asked the Lord to forgive me? And if you have, he don't remember it. So yeah, somebody remembers it, but what are you going to do? You can't get offended at them. You can't hold it against them. You got to choose to be long-suffering. Mm, hallelujah. You understand? You got to choose to be long-suffering. Hallelujah. In uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I can hear all the amens and... Uh, I don't say that flippantly or, or uh, humorously. The, 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 these are the character things that help us to grow. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, it says, We exhort you, brethren, to warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak. And then he says, Be patient. Toward all men. Now the word patient is the same word we see in Galatians 5 for long-suffering. So walking in long-suffering is part of our Christian responsibility. According to the Apostle Paul. We exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See, I have a responsibility before God to walk 
in this fruit of the spirit of long-suffering. I have a responsibility before God to do that. You have a responsibility before God to do that. And when I do that, I allow peace to reign, and the result is that I'm not short-tempered or quickly angered with people, right? People that may struggle, people that may fail. Instead, I forbear with them, and I help them, all right, ever how I can. Whether that's your neighbor, your brother or sister in Christ, your family, your brother, sisters, your children, your spouse, whomever it may be, all right, there's this long-suffering. If, if, if married couples would implement the fruit of long-suffering, we, we would put an end to most marital difficulties. Hallelujah. Do do, do you see this? Because when you say you love someone, then you're saying, I'm prepared to be long-suffering. I'm prepared to be joyful. I'm prepared to walk at peace. I'm prepared to be kind and gentle. I I don't know about you, but I've I've always done it, but I'm really doing it more now. I'm investigating my attitudes. I'm investigating my mindset. I'm investigating why I respond the way that I respond. To my family, to people that I love, to my friends. Why? Because I want to be patient. I want to be long-suffering with them. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, everybody has those days when you feel a bit frazzled. Oh, hallelujah. And, and you go home and your spouse, either your husband, wife, they're a bit frazzled. They had one of those days, right? I mean, they had a flat tire before they got to work. They got to work and the coffee machine wasn't working. They thought they brought their lunch and they forgot their lunch. Now, I know that's an extreme example, right? But the point is, we all have those kind of days. And then we get home, we go in the house, and I realize this is a simple illustration, right? But, but we talk to our spouse, and maybe we say something like, hey, uh, did you possibly uh, get this today, or did you, you know, did, did you go by the store and do this? And they answer out of that day they had. Now, here's the thing. I know that right away we can think, well, they shouldn't answer, you know, out of the day they had. Well, maybe they shouldn't, but they are, and we have, right? And so they answer a little bit curt and a little bit, a little bit short. Let, no, I did not, and if you'd have had the kind of day I had, you wouldn't have went by and got it either. Now, here's the response that, that, that you got to guard again. Well, excuse me. Right? Well, well, well the issue is I, I want to be long-suffering. Okay. Well, I, you know, I didn't realize you had that kind of day. You know, either sit down and tell me about your day or what happened today or, or whatever. You know, however you got to phrase it. But the point is I want to be long-suffering. 
Well, you know, I, I know my wife, I know my husband. They just tell me they don't want to talk about it. Then you're fine with that. And you just look at them and say, well, look, I'm, look, I'm sorry you had that kind of day. I'm here for you if you need me. I love you. Uh, if you want to talk about it, fine. If not, or just take their hand and say, Father, I thank you. Thank you for my spouse. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for the peace of God in their life in the name of Jesus. And then what? Just go on like it didn't happen. Why? I'm long-suffering. Well, what if they don't apologize? There's nothing that says they will. My job's to put on long-suffering. See, I'm developing the character of Christ. I'm developing the character of God. I'm maintaining and guarding my peace. Hallelujah. Now, you know, some of those scenarios, you or I or whoever, we may not have them as, as much as some people do, but, but here's, here's the issue. You may have grown past a lot of that, but there, there's this internal tightening. You know, it's like when, when somebody says something, you can feel it right here. Like, you got to guard against that, all right, because that's trying to take your peace. Don't let it have your peace. I say, don't let it have your peace. Why? Because I have a responsibility before God to walk in that fruit of the Spirit. Amen. So then I'm not short-tempered or quickly angered with people who struggle or fail, but I help them. See, if we don't allow long-suffering to up operate in us, we'll end up frustrated with everybody all the time. Frustrated with my neighbor, frustrated with my coworker, frustrated with my family. Amen. Listen, I had a family member one time. It seemed like they would do five stupid things every week. Anybody else have a family member like that? I did. Still do. They're not that way anymore. But, but here's the point. Man, and you know, if you sat and thought about the dumb thing they did, you'd get yourself all worked up. They're, they don't even want to talk to you about it. Matter of fact, they're not even talking to you, and you've worked yourself up thinking about the dumb thing they did. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, yeah, that's right, Pastor. I just don't need to think about it. No, you need to deal with it through the fruit of long-suffering. All right? Because I want that person to change. So what I got to do is be long-suffering with them. Keep praying. Talking when I can. Helping where I can. Amen. Some people don't want your help, but you can help when you can. This is important. Because one day they'll change. If you're believing God, one day they'll change. There are people you're long-suffering with that you're never going to see again in your life. Well, two things have happened. You've been a witness for God, and you've developed the fruit of long-suffering to a greater measure. Let, can I share this with you? 
I, I, and these are just elementary ways that you walk this out. One night I had taken, one evening, I had taken Pastor Michelle's car down, detailed it for her, and, and cleaned it up, and boy, it was looking sharp. And I thought, now I'll, I'll take it, I'll, I'll fill it up with, with fuel for her. So I went to the place I normally get fuel, and, uh, and I got the nozzle in the, in the tank, and, uh, and I'm, I'm going along about six, $6, at $6, it stopped. And it flashed on the, uh, on the uh, pump, see attendant. So I went to see the attendant and, and said, look, my, the, the pump just stopped. And the attendant looks, and he goes, what? And I said, yep. And uh, he goes, oh, no. I'm like, you know, that's never good to hear. Oh, no. And I'm like, okay, oh, no, what? <laughs> and he's like, oh, were you getting premium? I said, yes. He said, oh, no. He said, that tank's out of fuel. He said, they didn't bring any today, or they haven't got here yet. So I'm thinking, okay, all right, great. So I got $6, and. That, that's not enough. Didn't even give me a quarter of a tank. So I thought, okay, well, then I'll run over here. And so I ran over on the other side where we live there in Maumel, and, and, I, and I ran, uh, drove over to the other side of Maumel, which isn't very far. It's like going to the uh, other side of DeSoto. It's not very far. But the, the point is, uh, I went to this, this other place, other gas station, and I get there, and first I kind of got a jockey to get in position right, to get up to the, to the tank, uh, to the fuel pump. And so I get up to the fuel pump, and I get out, and I get my card out, and there's a sign on the tank, on the, on the pump, that says uh, 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 that you can't use your card. You got to come in and prepay. Man, all I want, see, here's what crosses my mind. All I want is some fuel, Right? Now, I'm not interacting with anybody, but the guy at the other gas station, he, he's very kind. He's very apologetic, right? But here, now watch. What's happening? My circumstance is getting after my peace. Now, think about this. People will say, so you got to guard your peace, but how do I guard my peace? Through long-suffering. See, I got, I got to guard my, you guard your peace by walking in love. You guard your peace by being in joy. You guard your peace by being long-suffering. See, this is important. So I went in, and, and I told the girl how much money I wanted on, on the tank, on, on, on the pump, and, uh, and paid, and came out, and, you know, uh, put the fuel in, got in the car, and, and headed home, and, and about, you know, halfway there, it just hit me. Boy, you didn't let that get your peace. Now, I know that's a relatively minor thing, but if you're practicing walking in the, in the fruit of the Spirit in the relatively minor things of your day-to-day -day life, when the challenging things come up, when the big things come up, you're walking the fruit of the Spirit by nature because you've been practicing walking in the fruit of the Spirit. Does that make sense? Um, when, uh, some of y'all will remember it was this past December and, um, uh, I was getting ready to leave, uh, Arkansas to go, uh, to the DeSoto campus there, uh, to minister. And Lily had, uh, been dealing with a fever. Well, the, the, 
the, the day before, uh, the fever had seemed like it was down, and it had been up over 100, and it was down, so we were rejoicing. But here's the thing, is that morning when I got up to leave, uh, I took her temperature. Pastor Michelle was making breakfast. I took her temperature, and uh, her temperature was up around 103. It was up. Well, of course, I mean, you know, we believe the Word of God, and, and she was acting, you know, okay, and and, you know, the day before, it had been higher in the morning and lower in, in you know, to, as the day progressed. So that was just the mindset. I didn't say much uh, to Pastor Michelle, prayed with the family, and, and got on the road. Well, here's the thing. Uh, in that meeting, while we were there, on Saturday night, I got home. I had a, a meeting with uh, leaders. And when I got home on Saturday evening, Pastor Michelle called me, and she said, I've taken Lily to the emergency room at Arkansas Children's, and she said uh, that fever just was up, 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 and, and was not going down. She said they've got us in uh, uh, like a, a room here uh, on the emergency floor, and she said, now watch, she said uh, uh, the doctor, when he looked at Lily, he said, you've got a very sick little girl. Now, understand something, understand something. Uh, she was not telling me that, for any other reason, there was no doubt, there was no unbelief. She wanted me to know where we were. Now watch. Immediately, immediately, I got to grab a hold of my peace. Now people will say, well, where does long suffering play in? I started to get really upset because that would have been Saturday evening. I had left on Friday on Thursday, Pastor Michelle had taken Lily to see her primary care physician. Her primary care physician was not in. So we saw the partner doctor. Listen, the partner doctor barely touched Lily, gave a minimal exam, and and I forget exactly what they, they called it, just something minor, and sent her on her way. Took very little time with her. Well, you know, in the beginning, that's, well, praise God, you know, everything seems to be okay, but here's my point. But then she gets to the doctor to, at Arkansas Children's, and they start investigating the situations going on, and, and what started with the flu, all right, opened up the door to sepsis in her blood. Are you following me? That flu was not diagnosed at the primary care physician. Now think about this. So we're talking about that in a watch, and I want to start getting angry with them. That's my daughter. They didn't do their job right? But I knew something. If I get angry at them, I'm going to lose my peace. And if I lose my peace, my faith's not going to operate the way it should. So I had to grab, now watch, I had to grab a hold of that, had to grab a hold of my peace, which meant what? I had to walk in love and walk in long suffering with a lady I've never even met. But I had to do it. Amen. 
And so uh, uh, we agreed over the phone that all would be well, that, that healing was ours in the name of Jesus, that 1 Peter 2.24 is flowing through her bloodstream, eradicating that sepsis, amen, that sepsis, uh, uh, producing a cure, producing healing, amen. Well, that was Saturday evening. Sunday, it didn't look any better. Sunday morning. Sunday afternoon, it started getting a little better. Sunday morning or Sunday evening, it was a little better. Well, now I'm back on the road Monday. Monday morning, and when I called my wife, she said, well, uh, she woke up in the middle of the night, the fever had spiked, and she was up, so, you know, now she's resting. No, we've already agreed, but listen to me. See, I got my peace. I'm at peace. I'm at peace. We got this, right? So by the time I get in there uh, on, on, on Monday, I, I get up there in the room, and Lily's doing a lot better. Pastor Michelle's there. Of course, they're both tired. But here's the point. Uh, so she was there the rest of that Monday and Tuesday. Now, Tuesday, I came in and she was eating uh, uh, cherry Sunday waffles and looked at me and said, this is the place to be, isn't it? They just give you whatever you want. I'm like, well, okay. I don't know if, you know, Tough price to pay just to get whatever you want. But anyway, my point is in Wednesday, she was discharged. Now, here's the point. What kept me anchored in peace? Letting this stuff go. Letting the questions go. Refusing to be retaliatory, right? Because you, you, you want to take that uh, report that Arkansas Children's gave and go to your primary care physician and say, hey, what about this? How'd you miss it this bad? Right? But you can't do that because you'll, you'll mess up what you're believing for. You'll mess up what you're believing for. Let me close with this. Hallelujah. These fruit are the character of the Father and the character of Jesus Christ in our life. And as we let them grow and let them manifest and let them become a part of our life, then the character of the Father and the character of Christ are shown more and more and more and more and more in our lives in the name of Jesus. Amen? I believe God. And I believe that you're developing these fruit. I believe that you're developing uh, these character traits in your life and that God is doing for you what he said he would do. Amen?